Hello, girlfriend, and welcome to this episode of Rise and Grow Post-Separation. A few years back, I had it all. A husband who was first a friend, a house in the burbs for a family to grow in, and Callie, our cat, right by my side. But then I heard those words, those words that would change my life forever. You know what I'm talking about. I want a divorce. My name is Sarah Casa. And I am here to lift you above the fear, anxiety, and loneliness that comes with breakup. Divorce or not, the pain is one, and the pain is real. I've learned so many things along the way, things I want to share with you now. I will share tools, tips, and actions you can take to grow your mind, your body, but more importantly, your heart, to rise into the strong woman within you. Because guess what? If I could do it and get to live the life I have today, you better freaking believe you can. Now let's start, shall we? Today, we are gathered here in the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Confederacy, including the Siksika, Pikani, and Kiana nations, the Stony Nakoda, including the Chiniki, Bearspaw and Wesley Nations, and the Sutina Nation. Southern Alberta is also home to the Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3. This is where this recording is brought to you from. Hello, family. So let's start with a recollection. I recall planning a trip to the East Coast. I was super excited. I was going to go see the fall colors. I was going to do a combination of taking a train ride, uh, fly in on another stop to another city, all within Canada. And I was going to also drive around a big part of the east coast of Canada. And I was super, super excited. And I was doing this trip alone. And I recall how excited I was telling my friends that I'd be doing this. And one of my friends, let's say her name was Natasha, commented horrified at how she would never even foresee herself doing such a trip because she'd be alone. She just thought that that's not really much of a vacation and more of a punishment. And I thought that was interesting. Interesting, not because I couldn't relate to it, because it reminded me of a time when I was her, when I definitely was not comfortable being alone. I think the first time that I was alone was definitely in the Netherlands. I had moved there, first time I moved to live alone, and it was winter. And if you know the Netherlands in the winter, it is very dark, everything shuts early, and it's a great recipe for depression, especially when you're new to the place. So yeah, quickly I had to learn how to enjoy my own company because I wasn't making any friends and I was working long hours. So whatever time I had left that I could spend going out and doing things, I had to do it on my own. I had to make the most out of it is how I would put it. And bit by bit, I actually started enjoying my own company. I started planning the next little town that I'd go to, the next little adventure, and it was, if anything, exciting. I was a young adult, I was discovering this new piece of the world, and I enjoyed it. And that's definitely the place that taught me how to appreciate my own company. So much so that I now value the time I spend on my own. I actually create and carve out time 
to spend on my own, even when in a relationship. And so when I was married, I definitely thought it was healthy to be doing the things I was doing on my own. So when the separation talk came and I was faced with the reality that I am going to be on my own again, I told myself, I can do this. This is the Netherlands all over again. I'm going to fall in love with Calgary, discover it from a whole new perspective. Bring it on. Except there was this faint feeling in the back that I couldn't shake off. (laughs) This feeling of feeling sorry for myself. Probably was the breakup. Probably feeling that I failed at a marriage. But also, I think it's the fact that loneliness was around the corner. So the elephant in the room when you're separating from a long-term relationship is that you will be experiencing some loneliness. Now, some people are not comfortable with it. Like I said, it's a skill that you probably need to acquire. It's a skill that you could get better at. And for those that are not great at it, well, we're doing this episode today to talk about loneliness and try and demystify it, simplify it, and show you that it's not so bad. Last thing we need is for us to get into a relationship so we're not lonely. That's not why we want to get into a relationship. We want to get into one because we're passionate, excited, and we've found a great partner. Not because we want an easier way out for our financial issues. Not because we want an easier way out to spend time doing things so we're not doing them alone. So again, I want you to pull up those big girl panties and listen to this episode because we're going to talk about where this feeling of loneliness and uncomfort stems from. The first reason why loneliness is hard and why it's uncomfortable is actually an anthropological one. So when we were cavemen and there were a lot of predators out there and we were trying to survive, what did we do? We grouped together. We created communities because there was strength in number. People did not like to live alone. People did not thrive living alone. They certainly didn't survive against the beasts that are out there. So there was strength in numbers. So when you are alone and you get that feeling in the pit of your stomach, it's probably that. It's probably your body telling you, "Uh uh-oh, you're alone. You're more vulnerable. More vulnerable to predators. Think about it. And by giving you that warning... The hope is then you do something about it and you go and try and find some people. And with that, give you a better chance at survival by pushing you to find more strength through numbers. So great. Now you understand where that feeling comes from, anthropologically speaking. What do you do about it? Think of it as the news. So do you always watch the news and hope you feel better about the world? Of course not. You try to either ignore it Or a better way of putting it is not to fixate on it. And so that is one piece of advice, is don't give it the attention it seeks. So when you have that feeling in the pit of your stomach, just acknowledge it, kind of like they say in meditation, nod to it and let it pass. Do not give it the attention it seeks. Do not make it grow into something big. Just let it pass. So what's the second reason, you ask? It's the way our society is structured. Do you notice that our society is structured around couples and families, more so families, but also couples? 
It's never structured around single people. Just think of advertisements on the radio that you still hear. It's about this family discount and that family discount and this family experience over that family experience. Phone plans, for example. Phone plans reward you for adding family members onto your plan. What happens if you don't have a family? It just makes you feel bad. It's about time companies start realizing that there is a big demographic out there that they're missing on. I'm not saying everybody doesn't acknowledge single people. Yes, they do. But it's not as lucrative. And so they don't target that audience, at least not as much. And so when you're always bombarded by these couple and family advertisements, you can't help but feel, well, helpless, marginalized, right? I know I did. I know I always felt like I did not have the upper leg because I didn't have a partner or a family to share into the finances and all the bills and, well, the phone plans <laughs> that were out there. And that is just not restricted to one area of the world. Believe it or not, I felt it more in Canada than I did back in Dubai. I think probably because Dubai sort of was structured around an expat community as well. And so there was more varied demographic, whereas here people are born into the country, they stay here, they grow older, raise families. And so, yeah, I was bombarded with these family advertisements much more here than I was back in the Middle East. But it's not only society that needs to get better and companies that need to get better, but also people. Do you notice how people always ask single people why they're single and when they're going to get married or when are they going to meet that special someone? Why? Why are we assuming single people are deficient or unhappy or not single by choice? So there is a duty on every single person out there to start reframing the conversation. Now, another reason why being lonely could be hard is if you were someone who had a fear of missing out. Let me explain this further. Think of it like a resume where you take on different jobs so that you could increase your skill set as you progress through your career. Some people think that they need to go through different relationships to learn different things along the way in the hope that it finally helps them get to that relationship where they figured it all out, like it's a recipe or something. So the problem by being single is you're missing out on gaining that experience and building that resume. So why would you want to be single? You need to hustle and stay in a relationship after another until one works. Well, sister, I don't think that's the way it works. And I'm living proof that you don't need a resume of relationships to get to that special someone. But the greatest fear of all, I think, from being lonely and single is envisioning that you would one day die alone. I actually did a poll on Instagram the other day, and that's what came up for most people. Nobody wants to die alone. As a matter of fact, it's terrifying. Well, if all these negative thoughts are what come to mind when you think of being lonely and single, being on your own, then it's no wonder that you don't want to be alone and you don't want to be single and that you don't find any comfort in it. So I'm going to invite you to start to look at being single through a different angle. Let's step into the shoes of you as a single person. What's the first thing that you would do as you hang out in your home on, let's say, a Friday night? 
Maybe you start checking on your friends, seeing if someone's available to go out, whether it's for a drink, for dinner, for coffee, but maybe there's no one available. Then you start looking at what's happening in your neighborhood. Maybe you go out and have dinner on your own. It's terrifying, yes, but you can't just sit at home forever. And so you decide, I'm going to take myself out for dinner. Maybe you see a stand-up show that's happening in the neighborhood. Maybe there's a improv that you want to go watch. Maybe there's a volunteering opportunity that you come across and you think, hmm, maybe, maybe I can go and do this great thing and feel good about myself. Especially when we're feeling low, we try and find things that make us feel better about ourselves. And so we do volunteer more. So ironically, what started as you being lonely and being alone resulted in you extending yourself out, maybe volunteering, becoming part of the community more, connecting better with your friends, friends that you probably would not have had as much time for before when you were in a relationship than now when you're not in a relationship. True, you do have friends that are in other relationships and they're busy, but really what being alone does is extends you and connects you to the community around you much better than you would have if you were in a relationship or part of a family. I recently read this book for Sarah Echo, talks about being single and what's wrong or not wrong with it. I'll quote it in the show notes for you to read. But basically, there's a really interesting quote that just basically resonated with me so much. It was a conversation between she and a friend that they were having, and her friend basically says, I think everyone has a certain amount of reserves, and if you're giving most of that energy to the people you live with, there's not going to be as much for everyone else. Interesting, huh? When I read that, a light bulb went on. Yes, being in a relationship is great. It means you have someone to spend time with, to share your life with, but it also means that they're taking from this infinite reserve that you have. And the more they take, the less there is for everybody else. And that's just normal. But similarly, when you have less reserves for other people, you also have less reserves for yourself. So being single, it's an adventure. Think of it this way. Think of it as a way where you get to know yourself better, where you take yourself out to dates. It's not going to be uncomfortable the more you do it. I promise you that. If anything, the more you put yourself out there, the more you spend time by yourself and get comfortable with yourself, the more self-confidence you acquire. Because you know yourself better. You know your needs better. You know what makes you happy because you're giving it to yourself. By giving yourself the attention and the things that you've always wanted, you will come to expect that from people that are in your life. You will not expect any less. And you definitely will not expect any mistreatment. So let's go back to that feeling. That very faint feeling that made me feel sorry for myself. After spending some time alone and being single for a while, I revisited that feeling. And yes, a lot of the reasons are the reasons I mentioned today. But if you, like me, feel like there's still something else that's not explainable, then I ask you to revisit your earlier years, your childhood or teenage years. For me, that's where the answer lied. Growing up, my parents were strict with me. 
And so for a period of time, when I should have been making mistakes, forming relationships, I was grounded. So being single and being lonely again brought up those feelings. I felt sorry for myself. I felt like I was grounded again, not consciously, subconsciously. And that's why it really had an impact on me. So to learn that and reparent myself out of that was key to enjoying myself's company and to enjoying being single and no longer think of it as loneliness. Being single does not mean you have to be lonely. Being single means you're in the presence of the most important person there is, you. And with that, stay strong, my single girlfriends. Because if I can do it and live the life I have today, you better freaking believe you can. Thanks for listening. If you have a girlfriend who is struggling out of a breakup and would benefit from these tools and tips, please share this episode with her. Us women have everything to gain from supporting and lifting one another up. So please don't forget to hit subscribe and check out riseandgrow.ca. It ensures this podcast reaches more listeners to grow our amazing community and ensures you are in the know of the latest offerings. Bye now.